Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Delala. Phil, it's, uh, it's good to be back with you. I know some people have been disappointed. They've lamented that we only had like 15 to 20 minute episodes of The Neutral Zone. So we're going to do a nice four-hour show today just for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we took six weeks off, uh, a little bit of a countdown into camp type of series here. And that's because my agent negotiated that into my contract that I just need a little bit of time away. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think on Twitter, Phil, to maybe our friend Tom Agnetti, who he checked in every week. He let us know that he was still listening. Uh, he, he wondered what happened, and you said – Listen, it's part of the deal here with the Broncos that I get to be away from Eric for an extended period of time. It's the only way you'll be here. It's why we're back on Zoom today. Yes. uh, Another uh, commenter said, uh, because we did the Countdown to Camp series in the studio together. And a commenter said, I actually kind of prefer the low-grade video, the, the wacky Zoom stuff. Yeah, well, they can't really tell as much what we look like. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, these guys watch, watch a podcast on these 60 inch screens, you know, right. 4k, you know, it's impressive. It is. It's good for the hair. I mean, our hair, we like that in high def, you know, um, but uh, the rest, not, not. So, Phil, anything else going on with you over the last six weeks that kept you away from neutral zone nation? Well, I know that you shared that uh, you got married. So like that, a lot of people I, believe that was the only reason why we were away. Well, yeah, I said, well, I think I said one of the reasons in a tweet, uh, but we appreciate the, I appreciate the well wishes. I think Lisa Lane left a message. Yes, she, did. she also said this, ex- this explains why Eric and Phil have been wearing the same clothes for the last six weeks. <laughs> yes. And uh, congratulations, Eric. You're now, thank you. I, I'm now what, you, you know, you're part of the uh, married fraternity, you know, like uh, you've joined. Are you married? I am married. Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. learn something new about you every day. But <laughs> I think Neutral Zonation would like to know that in my best man's speech, he said that he brought up the my everything, my partner in crime. Yeah. And then plugged in Neutral Zone. So maybe we have some new listeners here that are uh, joining us. If so, welcome. Yeah, welcome like- the wedding party, the Dalala Disley wedding party. Welcome exactly. to the show. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, that's not the only reason, Phil. You uh, you welcomed new life into the world. Or my firstborn, yeah, uh, two weeks old now. So, yeah, yes, not I'm... sleeping very much, but uh, got to enjoy uh, some time at home uh, with uh, with the little guy. Yeah, and I'm honored to be Godfather. Godfather, of yeah. course. Um, yeah. I, really, who else could it have been? No yes. one. Ben Swanson applied, but of course, did not get that role either. <laughs> yes. um, but of course, all of us at Neutral Zone Nation, Phil wish you and your wife the very best. Thank you very much. Everybody's doing well, healthy, feel very blessed. And um, now I'm back at work. Yeah, enough personal nonsense now. Let's get to the football. Back at work, uh, camp already underway, Eric. Uh, as we were recording this, it's Wednesday, day one in the books. Yeah, I've seen enough. I know, I know, I think... 17 and 0 probably is reasonable and then yes. we'll just see what happens in the playoffs but you you like your chances with home field advantage. You get the number 1 seed uh going for the first ever uh undefeated 17 game season. 
Could be that nice. would be that would be true. Could be yeah. Really nice. Yeah. Uh, we got a good show here, though, in store for NZ Nation. We'll talk about the quarterback battle. We heard from both Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater uh, after their first practice at camp. Uh, some funny sound bites, Eric, from these guys. Man, I liked it. Teddy, uh, I don't I don't know if I can ruin it now. I'll, I'll wait. Go ahead. But it, uh, one of the better quotes I've heard in a long time. Yeah. These guys, uh, they don't seem to be too stressed out about the quarterback uh, competition like they kept things pretty loose up there. Yeah, I think if you if you are too tight or you're too wound up, you're just going to drive yourself insane because this thing is not uh, not ending anytime soon. Vic Fangio said on Tuesday, Phil, he might just keep us guessing all the way up to week one in yeah. each day in practice. Just say, oh, I don't know. That would uh, wonder if the Giants. They probably wouldn't like that very much. The New York Giants. What if they? He just kept that going all season long. You know, I don't know who's going to start this week. We did that in 2017, actually, I think. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. I, I don't know if Brock Osweiler is coming back, though. I'm not sure. Um, I would never rule anything out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, and then we'll have a nice little conversation with Von Miller. I had a chance to catch up with him uh, the other day before camp got started. Uh, he kind of had an interesting tone in his conversation um, just about you know where his mindset is right now. Um, he said that uh, he's at peace, Eric, at peace. At peace? He, he said that once or something like that? No, he said that about a million times. Oh. Yeah. He's hey, real good. peaceful right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, day one of training camp, he was at peace in the backfield. So that's good. <laughs> yes, that was a good sign. That was a good yeah. sign. I, I agree. So we'll hear from Vaughn and then maybe talk a little bit about where he's at, where Bradley Chubb is at, did not really practice uh, on this Wednesday. So maybe we'll have a little bit of an update there. How does that sound? I like that. Pretty good show. Pretty good show, Eric. So uh, day one of the quarterback competition, probably something we are going to talk about ad nauseum every single day. Who won that day? Who did this? Who did that? Uh, Who is your winner on day one? Yeah, I'd give a slight edge to Teddy Bridgewater just because I think he was more consistent um, a lot of completions, Phil. Nothing too far down the field necessarily. A lot of short to medium range throws, but he completed the ball, got it to the Broncos playmakers, didn't make mistakes. Kind of the the steady Teddy that we expect. Um, steady Teddy. But Did Drew, you just come up with that? No, I think that that's. Um, I think that's been. Uh, oh. Some people use that. I think derogatorily. I think that's a good oh. thing. I think if you're a a team that has as good of a defense as the Broncos and as good as skill players as the Broncos. And it's kind of like Von Miller said, Phil, in his press conference, he said, I could play quarterback. He said, put me out there. I'll throw touchdowns to Jerry Judy. I'll just throw it out there and he'll score. Well, so, Eric, of course, we all know you're in the Teddy Bridgewater, the Teddy BH2O camp. Um, insofar that I think he's probably the likeliest to win the battle. It doesn't mean, again, we're not rooting for anybody in particular, but yeah, I do think that he's got, I saw you on the sideline today. You had that big Teddy go Teddy poster. <laughs> I know our old friend, John Jornod, he's, he's upset with me, Phil. Yes. He thought I was still going to be on the lock train. It's not that I'm off the lock train. I hope that Drew puts it together, but I, I think today, Phil was probably a good um, kind of microcosm of what we've seen from Drew in some games. Um, started off slow. Didn't throw any interceptions today. Neither did Teddy. Um but kind of, you know, it, it was a little bit it like looked rushed at sometimes he held the ball and kind of scrambled a little bit. It wasn't always perfect. And then kind of later in the day, as they went on, he definitely got more comfortable through a nice long touchdown in a tight window to Trinity Benson. Uh, he threw a nice 
pass to Jerry Judy across the middle and found Judy for a touchdown. So he definitely got things going. And we've seen that against like the Chargers and the Falcons where Drew kind of turns things on late. I think for him, it'll be about, you know, he's got in my mind, the ability to make those big plays that maybe Teddy doesn't have, Mm -hmm. but it's the question is, would you rather have, you know, five completions in a row that are shorter or have, a couple incompletions and then a long one or like a, a sack and then a, a big play. And that's really kind of what the coaches are going to have to decide between. And we've heard again and again, Vic Fangio and George Payton said it. I think George said it on Tuesday. A lot of this is going to be about consistency. You know, who can be that guy week to week, who can make the plays play to play series to series. Um, so that'll be interesting to me, but Phil, the one thing that for drew, that's the advantage is it's his second year in the offense. And while he might not be the unquestioned starter, he's definitely a lot more comfortable. He made that clear. And then the other thing he said, Phil, that I thought was interesting is he said, I've, I kind of learned, I can't just throw the ball wherever I want and like take these crazy risks. I'm now making calculated risks. It's sound. We talked about that all year last year is that he has to learn to avoid those mistakes. It sounds like it's finally sunk in. Now we just have to see if he can do it. First of all, let's just take a moment and say that we're very lucky to be having this quarterback competition at all after Drew Locke's near-death experience driving across Kansas. Uh, uh, he explained that in detail today uh, at the podium, said that a tire crossed over I-70 and the nut came off and it hit his windshield. So, yeah, and lodged in place in the windshield. I mean, it yeah. was... Does, I mean, if that's not a sign that he should be the quarterback, I don't know what is. <laughs> Eric, I don't know what is. Yeah, he's but, like, every everybody's coming after me, even this, <laughs> this you know, this lug nut like everybody's everyone's out to get yeah. me do you think that like teddy like uh, loosened up a, like a bolt on that oh my gosh yeah, I, do you think that's what happened i don't think so no okay uh but yes uh drew said that he feels like he's a smarter quarterback uh i like to hear that uh he said that he's making calculated risks but the gunslinger is still there which that was what, something that i wanted to hear was like okay does drew just like really tone it down now and just only take the safe plays and he knows he's in this competition. So he just is afraid to take a risk here and there. Cause that's not what I think Broncos country wants. They still want that quarterback that's able to go out there and win a game. They want drew to be drew, but maybe just smarter. So uh, I like to hear that drew also said that he put on some, some muscle, you know, he must've, uh, seen me working out or something stole my workout plan and then incorporated that into his own because he bulked up a little bit said he's up to 230 where last year maybe he was playing uh uh, maybe 12 15 pounds lighter so uh, maybe that'll help with some of the injury problems that we know that he's gone through so um i would say every time you hear from drew he feels very confident like I, there's a sense of confidence that you hear from him where Teddy's like a little bit more measured, a little bit more soft-spoken. And uh, I think that that's maybe reflective in their play too. Yeah. Well, a few thoughts there, Phil, to, to look back on what you said. One, uh, 230, that playing weight is often what dentists come in at, of course. 230, yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, secondly, you, t- you talk about Drew's tone. It is confident. And I think that that's kind of different than it was late last year there were times when he was defiant is probably the right word or you know I don't know if moody is too far but I mean he definitely wasn't happy toward the end of last year and he's kind of still facing the same questions you know can you do this are you in a comp like can you win this competition he kind of took those questions in stride was able to laugh some of them off like in a a good-hearted light-hearted way 
Um, but it, it's clear he's, I know we're going to talk about Vaughn in a minute, but it seems like Drew is at peace and is, you know, he's going to work hard and just see what happens and, and go from there. But Phil, you talk about those calculated risks and not just being safe. That's when he was at his best Wednesday is when, you know, there's a t- tight window there for Trinity Benson, but he's going to take that risk or there's a tight window there for Jerry Judy across the middle. And maybe it's not the perfect throw, but it, it's a smart risk to take. You got to get that ball in there to move the chains that's going to make defenses back up and allow your run game to really thrive. I mean, those are all things that are important and that, and that's when he thrived in practice rather than when, you know, he was a little tentative early and kind of looked for the check down or maybe held the ball a couple beats too long when he's in that calculated gunslinger mode, that's when he's at his best. And so one of the things I'll be looking for, Phil, as we keep going through training camp and get to these preseason games, can he be that, earlier in practice or for, you know, you go out there for the first team period, go out there and throw a strike or you're out there in preseason, you know, don't kind of go three and out on your first possession, find a way to move the ball down the field and get points because it's not just about, I know everyone's made this feel like if, if Drew avoids turnovers, like that's going to do it. But I, I think part of me is like, Teddy's the more veteran quarterback. He has more experience. So if both of them are just going to play like kind of the, complete short passes and get it to your playmakers and, and be a, a floor general, if you will, then Teddy makes a lot of sense just because he's, he's done it for longer, you know, like, you know what he is. So if Drew's going to, I think Drew needs to make some plays to show, Hey, my upside is worth keeping me as the guy. Especially like in seven on seven, Eric, I think that yeah. like one of the things I hate to see is when the quarterback gets a ball, can't find anything. And then they just blow the play dead. You know, to me, that's like got to be frustrating for the offense. And so, like, I, sometimes just let it rip a little bit, you know? Well, Vic, Vic did say on Wednesday that he he decided that that was – he doesn't want guys running into each other. So some of that where you yeah. see Drew hold on to the ball a little bit long or Teddy and then blow it dead, it's because they don't want – you know, in a game maybe you're throwing it, but you don't necessarily want a guy to hit someone else. In, yeah. the, in the moment but yeah I, earlier I you know make a decision and just let it you know if it, yeah. if it gets intercepted or whatever you live with it but like at least you're like you're in the gate you're in in the game you're in action you know that's what i want yeah. so and then i like to i like what teddy had to say too he said he's a survivor eric and yeah. i know he that said, you enjoyed that quote he goes into the jungle phil he comes out with a fur coat he comes out with a headband made of leaves i mean that's how you show up every morning at training camp before you change into I was gonna say, your Broncos polo. The um, animal protection uh, groups are not going to be happy about. No, no. Yeah. PETA? No. Yeah. Upset. Well, you know, maybe it's like a faux fur coat and maybe, maybe there's like a store in the jungle that he purchased it at. Got it. Got it. Got it. Cause I was going to, have you ever seen uh, that movie where Leonardo DiCaprio's like, I think the Revenant. You know, I've not seen that. He sleeps inside a horse for warmth. Yeah. Like I don't, I, yeah. That was a little too much for even for me. And yeah. he has some sort of encounter with a bear, I believe. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, that came out when I was like six or seven. So I was not allowed to watch that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Teddy showing a little more personality. I thought that that was funny. You know, he just said, I'm a survivor. You know, uh, he, he can scrap a little bit, you know, he can claw and uh, you know, he's going to need that here. Um, I think that he's, quickly got a bond with his teammates, you know, at one point I saw him out there just chatting with the defense, you know, as uh, the, the Broncos had a little bit of a water break, 
that was something new. I thought, Eric, you know, they kind of just stopped practice for like maybe a good three, four minutes and everybody just kind of chilled for twice during practice. Twice. Yeah. yeah. I was and like, what's are, going on? It's time to work. Yeah. We were yelling like, come on, like this is valuable time. We got to, we don't need water. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but I, I think Teddy, Teddy is definitely bonded with these guys um, with the defense, with a lot of his offensive teammates. And it's a, that's part of the quarterback competition, but it's just odd. I think for a lot of these guys, cause you're like, maybe you sit with Teddy one day and you're like, Oh, is Drew going to think that I'm like on team Teddy? Ooh, and then like, yeah. Oh, you talk to Drew after practice and you're like, Oh, this, is Teddy yeah. mad at me now? It's a, it's a little bit odd. You think they got to pick sides and just stick with it? Like, Hey, yeah, sorry. I am, you know, I'm team Drew. Sorry. I can't, mm. you know, I'm sure some guys are probably like, are yeah. probably, probably pick their side. Yeah. It's kind of like if you're like a uh, team Britney Spears, you can't be team Christina Aguilera. No. Or like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Like you got to pick. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Those are like um, artists like before you were born. Yeah, I've never heard of this. Free Britney, right? Free Britney. That's, 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 yeah, yeah, that's the first time I've heard of her. Uh, Eric, what, last thing I was going to just talk about is like, uh, what are you expecting to see here over the next week? Because we'll be back next week, of course, here on the Neutral Zone. We'll talk more about this. But what are you hoping to see over the next handful of practices? Yeah, so I mean, it, we've still got, what, two weeks essentially before the first preseason game. The first preseason game is uh, August 14th. You have joint practices two weeks from now. So they're going to get very familiar with what the defense is doing, but the defense is going to get very familiar with what they're doing. And so there's going to be days where things don't look so good, I think, offensively, just because of how good this defense is. Who can find ways to, to make some plays, to not get frustrated, to stay consistent? That's what it's going to be about. And, you know, it may be possible that, like, Drew wins – more days but then like teddy is more consistent over the course of the next week and you just have no idea like what is the what does the coaching staff want is it about the consistency is it about going out there and winning days but i feel to me it's very close in my mind i know i've kind of leaned toward i think in the end that it will be teddy's job but i just you could tell me that drew wins i, I would have no no difficulty believing that i think it's that close i go back and forth almost every day kind of convincing myself what will happen um you're in your own head yeah i am in my own head a little bit about this but i i just think i I hope we see progression and that it's not because one of the things i didn't like last year during training camp was drew kind of took a backward slide with about a week left to go in camp i don't know if you Mm. remember that but he he played pretty well and then like with a week to go he started making mistakes started turning the ball over it kind of started with that first stadium practice um and so i'm hopeful that that doesn't happen this year and that he he and teddy are both able to build consistently or at least go in that right direction it's been a long time uh eric since we've seen an offense go out at training camp and just light it up like probably since 2014 that was probably the last time where the offense was out there just doing things to the defense you know and since then it's always been like the defense is making plays and like training camp doesn't look real exciting you know because when you're at training camp and the fans are out there which is awesome that the fans are back out now but like they only cheer for the offensive plays unless it's like an interception you know but like a pbu like nobody's getting all fired up about that you know they want tubs eric they want 
touchdowns. And it's Jerry, been a while. Jerry Judy's doing his best, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this, Eric. Do you believe in the mantra, iron sharpens iron? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, if this offense doesn't um, look super great or, like, explosive during camp, it, it's red flag to me because this defense should be really good. Now, yeah. it's a bad sign if this defense ends up being – 20th in the league and the offense doesn't look great. That's, that's an issue, but if this defense um, is 20th in the league, there's going to be a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> the one thing with the iron sharpens iron and going against a defense this good is that I do think from a confidence standpoint, at some point you want to see things work and like what would work against an average defense. And it's possible that like nothing will work all that well against this defense. Cause it's strong at a lot of levels, and so then if you're Pat Shermer or you're Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater and you're trying to figure out, hey, how do we attack the New York Giants, um, it, that might be a little bit more difficult. So maybe you learn some things against Seattle. Maybe you learn some things in the joint practices against Minnesota. Maybe you learn some things against the Rams. Um, that, that's going to be valuable information in terms of, hey, where is this offense really at? You think Pat Shermer's fired up for that, for that Giants game? I think he's going to be fired up. Yeah. He, he probably yeah, wants to pour 40 on him or something, you know? Yeah. Eric, before we move on to uh, my conversation here with uh, Von Miller, you kind of hinted at this earlier, but we got an email from uh, one of our favorite listeners, John Jornod. Okay, Eric. Normally, John Jornod is firmly in the Eric Dalala camp. Okay. You know, he's been living in, in Eric Dalala camp. Okay. But he says that, uh, He's been on summer vacation, similar to us, but he just got around to listening to the show from a couple of weeks ago. He says he can't believe it. I agree with Phil again, this time on quarterbacks. You two seem to have switched positions. Eric was behind Drew last year, even saying not to pull him when Phil suggested it. Eric even said Drew had higher upside. My take is Drew has the reins for one more year. Uh, and then uh, he goes on for a couple more things. But he then he said that that email got stuck in his outbox. And it was like almost like his phone thought it was so crazy that he was agreeing with me. What do you John, think about I'm sorry. I'll do my best. I, I do still feel that Drew has higher upside. That has not changed. I just think that they're going to go with a guy that is more consistent. And so that's why I think Teddy at the moment. But. Maybe maybe by this time next week, Phil, I'm going to say, hey, Drew's flip really flop. Imp- You're going to flip-flop, aren't you? Well, I think you should flip have the – Flip-flop. That, what I don't like is people who are like, I'm so stuck in my opinion and about being right that yeah. I refute. That happened around here a lot with the Paxton. Mm, yeah. Pe- people were – you know, they were so like gung-ho about Paxton being great mm. that when Paxton was not even good – it was, yeah. they were like, they were like Paxton's playing over Trevor Simeon. And it was like, no, he should not be. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Sorry. I feel like Paxton takes a lot of shots on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he does. That's true. mainly from me. <laughs> to be fair. Best well, of luck to him. He's joining the Canadian football league. We that's true. So best. I think so is Shane Ray. So. Oh. A couple of former Broncos up there. Yeah. Yeah. In the great white North. Eric. Yeah. That's true. John, welcome to uh, the Phil Milani camp. There's always a spot for you here. So <laughs> There's plenty of room over there because no one else is out there. <laughs> it's just that I'm welcoming. That's all, Eric. Yeah. Not that there's room. We make, we make, make room. room. Yeah. yeah. 
All right. Well, let's uh, get to my conversation with Von Miller. I had a chance to catch up with him uh, before training camp gets started. And uh, uh, hopefully you enjoy our little chat here. Von, uh, 32, but uh, George Payton says you look like you're 25. How are you feeling? I, I, you know, I definitely don't feel 32. And um, when I'm out here on the football field and I'm working out, I definitely don't, you know, I definitely don't look 32 in my, in my opinion. And I just uh, want to just keep going. I just want to, you know, just take whatever God to give me. You know, I want to play five to seven more, maybe more, you know, maybe less, whatever, you know, whatever God to give me. I'm, I'm, I'm at peace with, you know, 11 years is just a blessing. You know, the average is three and a half. So, you know, to make it to 11 and go to two Super Bowls and do all the crazy stuff that we did. You know, I'm really at peace with it, but that doesn't mean I'm content. Like, you know, I want to break records and I want to go 20 years and I want to play like, you know, DeMarcus and Julius Peppers and all of these guys. But I'm at peace, and I think it's just a, a different spirit that I have coming into the season. Uh, talking about those records, uh, defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, are those some of your goals this year? Yeah, yeah, you know, always. That's every single year. I think every time we line up, that's one of the first things I say. Um, and I think, uh, you know, being at, me being at peace, whether I do or I don't, will will really be the driving force for me being able to play well. And I think that's the, the ultimate goal this year, just to play well and be the type of the teammate and type of the player that I, that I know how to be, that the fans know me to be, and just uh, just to keep going. You look like you were in the best shape of your life last year, then a year away. Do you feel like maybe you got something to prove? Maybe people forgot just how good Bob Miller is? No, I mean, if, if, they, uh, if, they, if they did, it's cool. I mean, I'm about to play football in, you know, two months. So, you know, whatever it may be, whatever questions that they have, you know, I think they'll all be answered with due time. And, you know, I'm, I'm just at peace with whatever, you know, with whatever happens. You know, playing 11 years in the league is, is a long time. You know, and, um, you know, to go to 12 and go to 13, go to 14, 15, 16, whatever that may be, man, I'm, I'm just super blessed and super excited to go out there and play. We'll let you out of here on this. How's the golf game? It's getting better. Okay. It's, it's getting it's getting better. You know, sometimes I hit some good ones. Sometimes I hit some bad ones. You know, some sometimes I might start the course off great and I might end it bad and, and vice versa. So I'm still trying to put it together. I've only been playing golf for three months. So it's uh, super encouraging for me. You know, hopefully I'll be able to play in a Tahoe uh, celebrity tournament, all these other celebrity tournaments that they have. So it's only been three months. So I'm, I'm excited to see what three and four and five years will look like. Okay, Put the clubs away, get the pads and yes, cleats sir. going. Yes, sir. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Yes, sir. My thanks to uh, Von Miller for spending a little bit of time to chat there. Eric, George Payton said that Von might be 32, but he looks like he's 25. Uh, what do you think about that? He says that he feels great. Uh, and even on day one, it looked like he was uh, flying around. Yeah, I mean, there was one play where he was off the edge so quickly. And he, you know, I think Drew rolled to his left and Vaughn ended up over there for what would have been a sack. And I turned to somebody afterward and I said, that was Vaughn, right? Because we were kind of at a, an angle and they're like, oh no, that must've been the guy on the left. Cause like Drew was all the way over on the left. They were like, it couldn't have been Vaughn. And I, and I like th- kind of figured out who that could have been and realized there's no way it was him. And I was like, no, Vaughn came all the way over to make that play super quickly. Still looks explosive. It, it was just one day. I'd like to see it kind of over the course of a couple of weeks here. I want to, I do want to see if he plays any preseason games. It'll be interesting to see what his snap count is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, he should be at least similar to what he was a year ago. You'd hope he, he said, you know, I'm not thinking about the ankle, not thinking about the contract, not naming any sort of, uh, goals of his in terms of numbers of sacks. He's just going to go out there and let it ride, which is different from any attitude we've seen from him in the past, to be frank. Like he's, I think a few years ago, he said 30 sacks and then 
he said, um, like, Hey, now I, I gotta be defensive player of the year. Like each year there's kind of been like something that he said, I want to accomplish this. And this year he's sounds like he's just going to enjoy it. And hopefully enjoying it leads to wins. He did. That was kind of one of his proclamations from the, the full group media, Phil, because a lot of us don't get one-on-one time. We just, we talked about group, you get one-on-one time, but um, he said, we're going to, and win a lot of games this year. I don't know how many games, but we're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, I mean, he did say that he he always sets those goals of like defensive player of the year. This year is setting the comeback player of the year as a goal. But but um, I agree with you, Eric. He did seem like, yeah, those are goals, but he just seems like more like, hey, I know what I am and I know what I'm capable of. I don't really need to um, boast about that or anything like that i asked him in that conversation there i said hey do you feel like you need to remind people like hey i'm still von miller you know like don't forget about me it seems like maybe the rest of the league has kind of moved on to like the bosa brothers or you know uh, the watt brothers still like it seems like these people are getting a lot of the claim of being like the premier pass rushers but i asked von do you need to remind these people like hey you're still von miller and he said i'm about to play football in two months we'll find out you know, so I kind of like that. I kind of like a little bit of, hey, let me let me just uh, get to work here and I'll prove it out, out on the field. And he's at peace. He is at peace. He said that a lot of times. Yeah. What do you think that meant, Eric? Like, you think he's like, I, I, I'm happy with how my career has gone up to this point. He still has a lot more that he wants to accomplish, but like, he feels good. He's not resting on his laurels, but he's sort of like, I, I'm at peace with who I am right now. Yeah, I mean, I think when you undergo a serious injury like that, you've probably got to think about, at that age, you probably got to think about your football mortality. You know, am I going to make it back? Am I going to be the same player? He probably still doesn't know if he's going to be the same player. And so you probably spend a lot of time reflecting on what what have you done? You know, what have you accomplished in this league? For him, that's three first-team All-Pros. It's, I think, eight Pro Bowls, if I'm not mistaken, maybe nine. Um, It's... uh, you know, a Super Bowl MVP, obviously. And so I think as you go through that injury, he's probably like, you know what, if this doesn't work out or if I don't finish my career in Denver or if I'm never quite the same player I was, you know, I'm I'm happy with what I've done. And I I think in some ways that's freeing because now you don't have to go put pressure on yourself to go out there and be like, man, if I'm not the same Von Miller, like it's a a disaster. It's like, I'm not, I'm going to ruin my legacy, like, in my eyes, he probably needs, and I know we talked about this and people didn't like it, but in my eyes, he probably needs like 20 more sacks in his career to, to guarantee uh, first ballot Hall of Famer or like put him in that conversation. But he's probably a Hall of Famer. Maybe 10 more sacks would, would solidify that. But um, there's there's no pressure to to go out there and like be the 16, 17 sack guy. So if it happens, that's great. But if it doesn't, I don't think he needs to be disappointed in himself. Yeah. I mean, that could be what it means, but he, he did seem like he's still you like, th- you think it's something else. Like I'm just, he was just Zen that day. He could have been just Zen. Yeah. And then the next time he's going to be talking about, Hey, I'm still the Ferrari, you know, you still, you put in premium gas in the Ferrari and you take off. Yeah. yeah. Could be hearing, hearing that again. So, well, it was interesting. And I think we talked to him in June and he was like, I don't want the highlight of my career to be Peyton Manning. In us yeah, see? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, that was only one month ago. So what happened over the break? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he's meditating. Maybe. Could, could be good for him. Yeah. yeah. 
envision visualize the sack you know yeah be good it'll help that bradley chubb is back feeling uh pretty healthy here he didn't do too much on day one but uh vic Fangio said that they're working him back they're trying to get his conditioning back up but that he is healthy uh you know after missing the offseason program you don't want to rush things too much here with bradley chubb but i'll say this eric i saw bradley chubb near the cafeteria and it looks like he's been working out yeah he looks jacked and I'll, you maybe know he's I, been hanging out with drew lock i mean he maybe i think Bradley probably weighs more than 230 if I had to guess, but um, who knows? Yeah, I'll say this about Bradley. I am hopeful that everything works out because he has the talent to be a 17, 18 sack type guy that leads the league in sacks, especially if like if Vaughn is close to his old self, but not quite there. So like he's still requiring attention, but Bradley like gets there a little bit faster or something like that. You know, I think it's quite possible that you could be talking about Bradley at the end of the year as a potential defensive player of the year candidate as a guy leading the league in sacks. I mean, I'm, I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be the team MVP. I think it's the year he takes that jump. It's, it's not really a contract year, but it's kind of a contract year. The fifth year option, obviously next year is guaranteed for him. Um, But I do think there's some motivation there to say, Hey, let me, let me earn this long-term deal. And so I just hope he stays healthy because that, that has been kind of an issue the last few years obviously he had the ACL um, missed some of the end of last year and, and wasn't really right until October so I, I hope we see I hope this ankle doesn't bug him I hope we see a full season of Bradley because I mean he had 12 sacks as a rookie Phil like and it yeah. felt like it took him a month to really get into that so to me he uh, I don't what is the uh, is Vaughn's 18 and a half is that the franchise I think single so. yeah I think so yeah so, I mean, Doomerville did something crazy. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's it's possible that uh, Bradley challenges that. And I, I just hope that that's the case and that he doesn't struggle to another injury yeah. riddled season. Because in, in addition to, to being such a player with potential, Phil, he's a great guy. He's a leader on this team. He's one of those core pieces that George Payton talks about. Like, you want to see this guy succeed. He is a nice guy. Bradley, yeah. right? He is a nice guy. I mean, let's just face it. Nice is that guy. okay to factor into? I think so. My analysis. Yeah. Yes. I think. Well, I think you want leadership. You know. Yeah. I think though, when you want when you get on the field, no more Mister Nice Guy. Oh no! I mean, this guy. Whew. You want to be feared out there as a defender. Yeah. 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 You want like the quarterback when he goes to sleep on Saturday to like have nightmares. You know. I think that's what you about, want about Bradley Chubb. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I will say, yeah, I think, you know, like last year he made it to the Pro Bowl coming off that ACL injury. But, like, it wasn't like an amazing season. You know what I mean? Like, like right. he made, he was a Pro Bowler, but it wasn't like, whoa, he's he's back. I still right. feel like he still has a little bit of room there to be like, no, I'm the guy that you drafted fifth overall. Right. Well, and part of that was because it was like a – it was a seven-and-a-half sack season. He had a lot more pressures than that, but it just wasn't like this yeah. dominant season that you'd seen and. We've seen him force fumbles in the past. We've seen him make game-changing plays. That's kind of the next step for him. And, and unfortunately, that's kind of what Vaughn has gone away from the last couple of years because even when he was healthy in 2019, Phil, no forced fumbles, I think, for the first time in his career. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of maybe moved away from that a little bit. I hope that Bradley moves into that category where there's a, you know, there's a strip sack that ends a game. You know, like you, yeah. you think back to Vaughn's best plays, not just the Super Bowl, but – 
my my time, second yeah. game my second game with the organization he strips Andrew Locke to end the game and like that's what you need from this guy yeah like uh that Philip Rivers game where uh he accidentally yeah. spiked the ball there and then uh, killed the clock it's because he was afraid of Vaughn you know so yeah uh Vaughn Miller 18 and a half sacks in 2012 is the franchise single season record you're right you're right yeah. Vaughn holds uh four of the top seven seasons wow it's pretty good pretty good Maybe he doesn't have to move out of that game-changing area. You know, like maybe like Vaughn and yeah. Bradley, they could be like roommates there. You know, they don't have yeah. to. Maybe it's like a two-bedroom apartment. Two-bedroom apartment, yeah. Could be. Yeah. yeah. And they could just be best friends and just yeah. sack quarterbacks, make game-changing yeah. plays. And it would go for like $2 million in Denver. <laughs> yes, it would be. You can't find that. Yeah. yeah. No. Not with these million? interest rates there. <laughs> no, no. All right. Well, uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about with that or not with Bradley? No, no. Should we get to the shout outs? Well, I just think before, if there's a couple of players that could catch your eye or that you, Oh, um... I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that, Eric. Uh, yeah. A couple of players who, who you've got an eye on here. Yeah. I'll, I'll say a, a couple of things here, maybe three points. One, I'm interested to see what does Vic Fangio do with all these corners? You know, what does he do? We can't really tell you guys, how much nickel they play versus dime and all, and all that stuff. Not but, supposed to get into the strategic aspect of the, of the game. Right. Um, but Vic Fangio said in his presser that they played some dime on Wednesday. So we can, I think, talk about that. And and they did. And yeah. um, I'll, I'll just be interested to see how they get Pat Sertan on the field and when, and what kind of impact he plays. Uh, he had a nice uh, play on Wednesday where he kind of came up and made a tackle close to the line, but nothing spectacular on day one. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, Jerry Judy just makes plays all over the place. This guy is ridiculous. We saw Justin Simmons say he can be an all pro. He can be a pro bowler. I feel really good, Phil, about both of our picks of him being the offensive player of the year for the Broncos. He, uh, I mean, he's just special. He gets open. He's no, there's nowhere, no guys near him. And then what impressed me most was on Wednesday, at least Phil, there were, I think he had three catches. If I remember properly, if I counted correctly, Um, which is hard for you. All, all three of them were not like right on the money. No, and he caught all all three of them with no issues, no, no. drops or anything like that. Knock on wood, Phil. I'm recording on a wooden table. I, I hope that's behind him, but it looked like it. Um, and then the final thing I'll watch for, Phil, I, Cortland Sutton made a couple catches on uh, Wednesday back into team drills for the first time since tearing his ACL. But there wasn't any sort of like big play from Cortland. So I want to see before the end of camp, like one of those long on bombs to Cortland or him going up and making a play in the red zone or him showing like, Hey, I'm, I'm still Cortland Sutton. That to me, that to me is important to, to see. I agree. I agree. And right now uh, it's hard to like really judge the interior line guys hard to judge like running back stuff, you know, right now, just because they're not wearing pads. I what the sixth practice of camp, they have to wait. Right, Eric. Yes. Tuesday is the first uh, practice with pads. I am like one of the things I have my eye on is what's going on with Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I just want to sort of see how, how uh, things get split up there. That's something I'm paying attention to. And then the other thing is the interior defensive line, you know, uh, Shelby Harris has not been out there really. Mike Purcell not out there. I want to see, you know, like depth at that position is like kind of like some unproven guys maybe there with like uh, McTelvin Aguim there and like, we just want to see how that plays out. You know, I just want to see if I'm just paying attention to it. I guess yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, 
I mean, to, to clarify, they were out there Wednesday. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Not to scare they people. Not, they, they were practicing Wednesday. They're back yes. in, in action. But yes. you're right. They have not been out there. So who is? I just want to sort of see the de- how the depth works there. Like, how, how are they ready to rock and roll here? I just want to, I'm just paying attention to it. Yeah. The other thing I was paying attention to Wednesday, did you see those helmets the offensive line were wearing? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I want to know what's going on with that. Vic Fangio said it was some sort of, I think, concussion prevention related thing. Yeah. It's good. So maybe it's like to strengthen their neck muscles, like, hey, a heavier helmet, and then your neck muscles get really. Really? I think it's so if you hit helmets, it uh, it doesn't create the same sort of collision. Yeah, like it's, it it uh, absorbs the blow. Yeah, it's kind of like a bumper on a car, is what I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You think maybe that's a good thing to wear in the games? Yeah, exactly. You got the bumper on his helmet, and then you got the belly. You know, so he's got a yeah. Quinn Miners. He's got he a needs lot one of those things on his stomach. Like it's just yeah. Big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People I did notice right he had off. the full shirt on, the full jersey on when he went out to practice today. Did so. he? I um, wasn't really watching the non. I, I like. You just watch the skill positions. That's all. No, you're... no, no. I was paying attention to right tackle. I paid Ooh. attention to some of the center, but as Vic Fangio said, Calvin Anderson, Miners has to prove that it's even worthy of being a competition. So it doesn't sound like. True. Sir Lloyd Cushenberry III is in danger at the moment. Yes, not at the moment, but we we are big fans of Sir Lloyd Cushenberry III here on the New York. We Jersey. are. We are. I did talk to Mike Munchek a little bit on Wednesday, and he just said we're looking for the five best guys out there. So yeah, that's what it. You know, there is competition everywhere, Eric. Not to be confused with the best five guys, which could be really anywhere as long as they have a good burger and some fresh, but not a sponsor of the fresh show. potatoes. No, no. no, they could sponsor. be though. Could be if they wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. Anybody could talking be talking about five guys a lot more often if if that. Yeah, happened. yeah. We could work yeah, that. We, in. we do a segment: the best five guys of the week. Easy, easy. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. could be a weekly. Yeah, weekly feature right here. Yeah. Whoever's listening, maybe you can make that happen. Yeah. All right, Eric. Time for shout outs. Uh, anybody you like to? Uh, it's been a while since we've done it. So. Oh my gosh! It has been a while. I don't even remember who to shout out or who not to shout out. Probably Liz, Liz Gerald's. Yeah, Liz Gerald's parentheses manis. Yeah, uh, important to shout out her. Yes. Um, have we uh, done a podcast since the Carl Nassib news came out? I think so. Yes, we have. Oh, we have. Okay, yep. shout out to him again. Yep. yep. Um, shout out to all the Olympians. Very fun to watch some of these sports. Phil, I enjoyed the. Um, I enjoy ping pong. Yes, the badminton. I've been. I've enjoyed. That. Oh. Yeah. It's like, I've wondered, like, how do you get so good at that where you're like, I should try out for the Olympic team? Yeah, I think your parents probably force you into it. It's probably what happens. Oh, God. They're like, you, they've invested in badminton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to, this is a little more serious, but um, we have not recorded a podcast since Greg Knapp passed away that is really true. tragically um, in a bicycle accident, um, was hit by a, a motor vehicle. I just, I was only with him here for one year, Phil. I know you overlapped him for longer, but I just remember him being the nicest guy, the kindest guy. Uh, it showed just as much interest in you if you worked in digital media as if you were the, the starting quarterback on the football team. And we've seen some of these remembrances come in from across the league, and it's clear that that was not unique to us, but just what a what a sad loss for the NFL and for his family and, and everybody that knew him. Yeah. 
important to say, you know, like it wasn't like a, um, a bicycle accident. It's not like something like he fell off his bike or anything. I mean, a car hit him. Yes. So that a uh, tragic, you know, like I got to know him pretty well because he would take the early bus, Eric, when we were on the road. So like we'd all stay at the same hotel and then we got to the game pretty early. He liked to get to the game early and like, just like, I think he ran stairs and like kind of just went around the stadium and that kind of thing. So he'd be on the same bus as me and me being the R that I am, Eric, I kind of try to get, you know, sidle up next to him and be like, Hey, um, what's going on with the game plan today? Like, what do you think about what's, what do you think about this defense? You know, something like that. And he would always say, Phil, I don't want to talk about that. You know, he'd say, how's your wife doing? Have you been, have you been at any fun restaurants recently? You know, or what are you going to do during the bye week You know, things like that. And that's just how he was. He was always talking about other things besides football. I, I, he talked about his love for cycling. You know, I think that's something he did a lot uh, here in Colorado and uh, just a great guy. He heard all these like testimonials from players around the league and really a uh, heartbreaking loss. So definitely feel for everybody who's you know his fa- family his friends you know that's just a terrible so young eric you know so yeah uh, and i did like what uh robert sala the jets coach had to say he said greg would have wanted us to approach this football season with joy to to make the most of it to to look forward to it with enthusiasm he said greg would have been mad if we sat here and kind of um lamented for too long so that's uh you know i i I don't know what the Broncos will do, but maybe it could be nice. The Jets come here in week three. Obviously, yeah. he was their pass game coordinator. I don't know if something will happen, but that could be a nice moment um, if there was some way to recognize him. And I, I just think a uh, good reminder to, to do what you, you love and, and to uh, help people you care about them and all that sort of thing. Because, yeah, uh, yeah as you mentioned, just a, a tragic, unexpected thing to happen. Yeah. And he, I mean, football-wise – he coached some of the best quarterbacks out there. I mean, Steve Young, Michael Vick, Peyton Manning, you know, the list goes on and on. So, yep. Trevor Simeon. Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. So, And then, of course, we started the show with some shout outs uh, for ourselves, you know, Eric. So yeah. shout out to you for getting married. Thanks. And shout out to young Arthur who will be on the podcast before we know it. He will be. Yeah. I mean, just when do you think it's too early to start podcasting? Really not. I kind of expected him to be on this one, so I'm a little surprised. (laughs) But um, as our friend Eddie Pascal, who works for the Raiders, probably the only person that we can even tolerate that works there. But (laughs) he he said Arthur's going to be a legend, and I think we all agree with that sentiment. He'll be here interviewing John Elway, you know, grilling him. Before we know it. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Neutral Zone. Next week, uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. A whole week in the books here at training camp. Maybe a look ahead to some Hall of Fame action. Uh, Eric, you and I will both be heading out to Canton uh, for some celebration there. I don't, Steve Atwater, uh, I know, is going in. I think uh, John Lynch also going in. And that's it, right? Two, two that that's is, pretty good. Two, that's pretty good. Was there one other one? I like a P A Y T. I'm PM and I'll be going. So, yeah, I'll be going again. So, I think that must be it. PM. That must be it. Yeah, that must be it. No, of course. Uh, Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can say this, Eric, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Um, I got a sneak peek at his bust. 
Ooh. I saw a little video. And, Can uh, you say that on the air? <laughs> I think fans are going to like it. I, I'm, I'm just really excited for the whole weekend. So Yeah, should be nice. Always a uh, – Canton is a place like no other. Yes, and obviously Steve Atwater is like family to us, and to be able to see him, uh, you know, be immortalized like that, it's going to be a tremendous weekend. So uh, all that plus more coming up next week on the Neutral Zone. This week's episode, all about the quarterback breakdown, conversation with Von Miller, and then uh, maybe some players that we, we've got an eye on, Jerry Judy, of course. Uh, that's going to do it for us. For Eric Law, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to The Neutral Zone.